the leader is not, you know, to go to school for X number of years and get certain theological degrees and to um, learn what curriculums have to say. The only requirement for a, a congregational leader is to get out of his way. And to the best of my ability, I seek to do that week by week. It is a blessing to see um, Adonai build. Mom, Mom, would it be a blessing if somebody took your, your beautiful child and brought them downstairs so you can rejoice here? You're free to stay. She's free to cry. Or he. Okay. <laughs> so, ah, hallelujah. A blessing to you. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. But it is a blessing to get out of, out of Adonai's way. And Luke coming up and doing a little bit of an announcement, just, just a teeny, teeny little example of just allowing Adonai to build this thing, to build this tent that we call Mishkan David from Shabbat to Shabbat. Um, you know, as, as Rabbi, you know, he gives me a vision of, of maybe what, what's going to happen here in the future, you know, just, just kind of like long-term vision, but it ain't my job to make it happen. It's my job to get out of his way. I always chuckle when I go on to Facebook and somebody from the congregation like hasn't showed up here maybe in a week, two weeks, three weeks or whatever it is. And I'll tell you, churches congregations, they put ministries all over these things. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I've been there. Okay, if somebody doesn't show up after two weeks, give them a call. And, and, and ministries get put together, you know, little things going on in congregations to make sure these things happen, you know, as part of like a structure. But Adonai is not calling me to put this type of structure in place. But yet, when somebody doesn't come, maybe for a couple of weeks, I'm on Facebook, all of a sudden I see this king reaching out, miss you, <laughs> love you, or that daughter of the king over there, shalom precious one, oh may Adonai bless you, you're just a beautiful daughter or son of God, and I just want to tell you that I love you. So it happens organically, like I don't need to put a structure in place. If I put a structure in place and say, okay, Lou, I see, based on how you're interacting on social media, <laughs> that you have a passion in your heart to reach out to people. So therefore, I am going to create an outreach, catch up on people ministry here at Mishkan David. And you are now required. <laughs> if somebody, if you notice somebody doesn't come here for two Shabbats, reach out to them. I tell you, if I put that structure in place, I would crush the Spirit of God in this vessel who seeks to do it freely without structure in this case. 
And Mishkan David, we happen to have a great, it's a well-oiled machine greeting ministry at the door. If there is a newcomer that comes, we have a greeting ministry that will go to you, ask you your name, remember your name forever, and give you an announcement sheet. And I didn't have to do nothing to set that up. Because it's in the vessel's heart to do. So it's an exercise in letting the Lord build. And it's an exercise in all of us to let the builder build whatever he's building in you and around you. We see in this Torah portion a lot of building going on. There's a whole lot of building going on. We have the building of the tabernacle. Can you put that back up again with the olive tubs? We have the building of the tabernacle, which was built by Bethsalel, who was anointed with the Spirit of God in wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and craftsmanship? Yeah. I didn't see that one in Corinthians when it lists, lists the gifts of the Spirit. Because churches and congregations tend to say, these are the gifts of the Spirit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Right then. And we look to have it, and I've seen churches say, well, we have we operated all the gifts here. Oh yeah? What about craftsmanship? Yeah. Well, I don't see that in 1 Corinthians. Oh, yeah, well, it's in the Torah. Yeah. You can't put a cap on the gifts that Adonai is going to give. Amen. He is the giver. And all good gifts come from above. And he gives us gifts in his timing to use for his glory. There are gifts he gives when we're born, like we're just kind of born with a certain gift, like some people just are like, they excel in music, or they excel in sports, or things like that. These are gifts from Adonai. They're like natural gifts that some of us have. We all have, actually, but what we have is different from person to person, from Furniture, to table, to utensil, to lampstand, to another utensil, to incense, to the altar, to another utensil, to the labor, to the base, to the garments, to the holy garments, to the garments, to the anointing oil, to the incense. But what is the, 
the, the, the, the, the, the, the thing that brings it all together. It's yeah. the Aleph Tav. It's the beginning and the end. It is Yeshua, the giver, the author, the finisher, who gives all the gifts. I guarantee that Bezalel, or Bezalel, without the Lord anointing him with the spirit of craftsmanship, could not have built all these things. That would be like me trying to play football. I just don't have the gift. If I ever play a good game of football, it's a supernatural, it's not a natural gift. It would have to be a supernatural gift. So we see in this Torah portion a supernatural gift that the Lord gave to this one Betzalel to build the tabernacle and the signature of the Messiah is all over the thing. We see another building in this Torah portion, the building of the golden calf. And it's kind of interesting, we've journeyed out of Egypt, and one thing that I've really enjoyed since my stay here as rabbis after Sukkot, when we started with Genesis 1 together, I've really enjoyed journeying with the stories in the Torah. I've really enjoyed, I've been blessed by going through pre-Abraham into Abraham and the Isaac and Jacob and then Joseph and then Moses and the Exodus and now they're in the wilderness. Well, I, I, just the, the chronological story, I've been blessed. I've been blessed to, to journey with this. And we, we spoke a couple of weeks ago, right? We, we come out of Egypt and we have all this jewelry because when God delivers, you know, he delivered the children and it was so... It was so done, it was so full, the deliverance. Even the enemies were like, here, take my jewelry and get out of here. So they came out with all this stuff, all this jewelry that they brought from Egypt. And that's the material that went to build this, the tabernacle. And there's great revelation that how when the Lord builds, he builds from our past and things that even we just relate to as bad memories or slavery, he'll take those things and he'll build something beautiful even from that. But there's something else that was built from the same material and that was the golden calf. Now our God is a merciful God. He's merciful. He is merciful. In his name, he's merciful to a thousand generations. And I believe one time when, when, when it says that the Lord um, brings iniquity to three in four generations, but mercy to a thousand. I believe even in his bringing the iniquity to three or four generations, it's to give that generation a chance to beat this thing. So when it's done, it's done. So God does not have mercy on other gods. In fact, he seems to mock them. Like his rule over other gods, Baalim, who is like Vikamocha, Baalim, Adonai, who's, who's, who is like you among the other ba Baals, 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 essentially, right? And he does not show mercy on them. I'm reminded of like Elijah. We know the story with Elijah? 
Come on, bring all the prophets of Jezebel. All the Je Jezebel's prophets. Bring the prophets of Baal. Bring them all. Sacrifice some bulls. Right? And he makes a mockery of this thing. Right? We know the story, right? He makes a mockery of this of the other gods. Of these the Baalim. A mockery. Alright, go ahead, guys. Alright. Go call out. Go call out to, to Baal. And they're calling and they're tearing their, their flesh and they're trying to get the attention of this nothing God. And Elijah's like reading a magazine. This went on all day. All day. Come on, go ahead, keep calling out. Keep calling out. Uh, they're beating their chest. They're calling out. They're doing all this crazy stuff, trying to get the attention of something that is not there. Elijah's playing angry birds on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> then Elijah is like, he's sarcastic. Maybe he's like taking a nap. Maybe he's on the toilet. I'm not kidding, that's what he says. Maybe he's like relieving himself. A mockery. No sensitivity to other gods. Mercy on us. But his name is Jealous. God's names are so awesome and they speak about his holiness, but it says in Torah that his name is Jealous. Jealous. Like a jealous husband. But not jealous as in suspicious. Not that type of jealous. Like, where are you going? Not the type of suspicion. You know what I mean? That's not a holy thing. A jealousness that comes from his love and his passion for his bride. That he seeks his bride to have one husband. And that is him. And Yeshua is the husband. We shared a little at the um, foundations class that our announcements ministry team leader, not, said, where man shall leave his father and mother and the two shall become one flesh. Did Yeshua leave his father? He said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Did he leave his mother? Yes, he said, John, Behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. He left father and mother. So the two shall be one flesh. 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 It's a fine time, Lucio. <laughs> so he don't got no mercy on other gods. There's this other scripture in Isaiah that's comical. I think it's 44, where it talks about this guy. It's like a woods craftsman guy, right? And he takes a, or an acorn, and he plants it in his ground, or whatever it is, and tree comes up, so he grows this tree in his, in his yard, and he cuts down the tree, 
And then he chops up some of the wood from that tree. And he builds a fire from that wood. And then he warms himself from the fire, from the wood, from the tree. And then he like takes like some meat, he roasts it on the fire that's burning on the wood that he cut down from the tree. Right? And it shows like he's doing everything here in his own his own strength. Right? It's a tree, he cut it, he made some fire fire out of it, he roasted a meat some meat on it, he warmed himself on it, and then he takes the other half from the same tree, creates an idol, and prays to it and says, Deliver me. And essentially what Isaiah says is that's dumb. Like, how dumb is it? <clears throat> right? And we kind of relate to that. We relate. I'm like, who would do such a thing? Like, who would, who would cut down a tree, form it into a thing, and say, deliver me? It, it just seems kind of stupid. You know? I mean, I know what 12 steps say. You got to believe in any higher power. Yeah, I understand the higher power concept. I get it, right? And yeah, I get when you're, on a, you're lost on a desert island, you may call your soccer ball Wilson and be kind of becomes your best friend. <laughs> I understand that. But it does seem kind of dumb, doesn't it? You're gonna, you use half of the wood to, to, to make meat and to make a fire, and the other half you're going to carve, and you're going to say, deliver me! And I was like, I don't know, we don't do that. We're human people. And I don't know, I had me think about the first commandment, which is to love, to lo love the Lord your God with all your heart, and that the Lord is one. Like, why is that the most important command for us? Why is that the most important command for the people of God who love God? We're not crafting idols like that. Why is the first of the Ten Commandments, you know, I am the Lord, there'll be no other gods before me? Why is, why is that? Why is that important to us? You should, that might be important to the people in the nations or whatever it is that don't really know God or wherever they are, or other religions that they need to know there's no other God but God. But why is it important to us? Because we're not taking wood and crafting an idol, and Adonai says, oh yeah? You're not. Essentially, what that guy did, who took the wood and built something and said, deliver me, is that he trusted, he was putting his trust in the work of his own hands. And I'm like, well, I do that sometimes. Because that's essentially what it is, right? It's trusting that the creation that you can do yourself with your own hands, can actually deliver you. And that is something that Adonai wants to break in all of us. And it's a little bit of a struggle because we're creative beings. Because God put creation in all of us. And we're created in his image and he is a creator and it, it, it distinguishes us from the animals who just go around sort of by instinct, he gives us creative ability. And again, whether it's a natural gift or a supernatural gift like with Betzalel, 
We are beings that can create. So with the ability to create comes a little bit of, I can handle this thing. I can do it. I have the ability to do this. And you know what? Baruch Hashem, if Adonai gave you a gift, use it. If you have a gift, use it. But there's a, a, a line to cross when it's the using of our gifts that we are trusting in. Where it crosses in to modern day idolatry for the people of God. Adonai warns us of this in the scripture. He even says to the children of Israel, when you come into the land and I just throw all this blessing your way, like your enemies scatter, the rain is coming, when the crops are blooming, and you have times of peace, watch it. Watch that you don't think, look what I have done. So he warns us of that. It's, 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 it's an outcome of being beings that can create. We believe that we have the ability to create, which is okay, but then to trust that it's our ability that's going to save us. See, this guy in Isaiah, he went to this idol that he formed and he said, deliver me today. There's somebody here. You've gone as far as you can with your abilities. Be talented. You're a talented person. You can do these things real well. But you've reached the end of your ability. Yet you're still doing it. And for somebody here today, the Lord is saying it's time to put it down. <laughs> you gotta put down the ducky. You gotta put down the ducky. Put down the ducky. Put down the ducky. Don't put the saxophone. <laughs> you gotta put down, down the ducky. ducky. Put down the ducky. Put down that ducky. Put, put down, down the, the ducky, ducky if you wanna play the saxophone. You gotta put down the ducky. Put down the ducky if you wanna play the saxophone. Oh, there's so much revelation in that. Woohoo! Adonai is looking to break us from codependence. There is a thing, there is a person, there is a problem that you are seeking to fix. And you think you have the ability to do it. But Adonai is saying, you've crossed the line and you're trusting in the work of your own hands, you have to go back a little bit. There's somebody here that is suffering with a spirit of control. And you think that you can fix something and cause an outcome to come through your control. And Adonai is saying today, take a step back 
have a seat and behold the salvation of the Lord. And it's it's challenging to do that because when we trust Adonai to take this thing we're also trusting in the outcome that he's going to make the outcome according to his will when we control we are seeking a certain outcome and that's what control is you have it you think it needs to go this way and you are going to control this thing to get to a certain destination, a certain outcome. So it's, it's a level of faith, it's a large level of faith to say, I'm going to let this thing go and let Adonai do it because we don't know what the outcome is when we let go. So we're like, no, i got to hold on to this thing so I can bring it towards a certain destination, a certain outcome. But Adonai is saying, you've worked and you're tired. I give the spiritual gift to build to who I choose to give it to. And there are times I don't give that to somebody and I ask you to step back and watch me do this thing and leave the outcome to me. And that's tough. That's tough. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to trust in the outcome of Adonai. Because they did not know what the outcome would be when they were told they had to bow before Nebuchadnezzar. And they said no. I'm sure they wanted to live. They didn't want to get put into a fire. But they said, we will not bow because our God will rescue us. But even if he doesn't, I will not bow. And it is through that, of that letting go and letting God, I think that's another 12-step thing, of the letting go and letting God, they were put into the fire and Yeshua met him right in that fire. And they were not burned. And for that moment, even the Babylonians said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it all started with them putting down the ducky and saying, we don't know what the outcome is. We have our desired outcome. And we don't know how this is going to work out by letting go of the rope. But either way, we will not bow down. For somebody here, Adonai is saying, you've reached the end of your rope. Good. Let go. There's a song um, that I love, which I don't have with me. It's an analogy. It speaks of, and picture this in your mind, a sailor. And he's on a boat. And it's really rainy and windy, like hurricane -y. And he's on the boat, and the boat is near the dock, and he's holding on to a rope. And the rope is tied to the dock. 
Picture this. And it's pouring rain, and he looks behind him, and the ocean is tumultuous. And he's holding on for dear life. Because he has no idea where that ocean's going to bring him. And then in a moment of faith, and in a moment of trust, and in a mustard seed of trust, he lets go of the rope and lets the ocean take him to wherever he's going to go. There is a situation that Adonai is having you let go of the rope so you can trust in the outcome. The working of our hands is modern day idolatry. And Adonai will have us put it down. Put down the control, put down the outcome in a certain situation. And watch him do incredible things when you will see the end of this thing with a result that you will not expect and are not expecting. And you will thank Adonai for exactly the path that he's taken it on.